FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover had a firm rule against women becoming agents. However, when Hoover kicked the bucket in 1972, the agency changed its tune. Enter 31-year-old Joanne Pierce Misco and 25-year-old Susan Raleigh Malone. Along with 43 men, they began special agent training in 1972. These two women couldn't be more different. Joanne was already working at the FBI, but before that had been a nun for a decade. Susan was a former U.S. Marine. Joanne and Susan quickly became friends. During training, the pair lived together, worked out together, and proved the naysayers wrong. They had to meet the same requirements as the men, and they did. Neither woman took the novelty of being the first female agents as a social cause. Years later, Joanne said, quote, I honestly didn't see myself as a pioneer. It was just a role that I was fortunate enough to become a part of. Susan has since said, we wanted to be agents first. We just happened to be women. These women ended up working on some impressive cases, including the Patty Hearst kidnapping, the Reagan assassination, the Unabomber murders, and 9-11. Adding female agents was more than being PC. It was needed. In the previous four years, the first six women made the FBI's most wanted list. This feminine twist on crime was hard for the men. In fact, one woman on the list, Catherine Power, found it fairly easy to hide, saying, quote, the FBI didn't know how to take women seriously. They never had a clue. In 1983, America put its first woman in space, Sally Ride. As exciting as this was, NASA was confused at how to deal with lady business in outer space. In fact, when the engineers were preparing for her flight, they asked her about how many tampons she'd be needing, saying, quote, is a hundred the right number? Be reminded it was only a seven-day journey. This goes to prove that no matter how smart a man may be, he will still have no clue about a woman's body. Sally Ride responded just saying, quote, that would not be the right number. The engineers replied by saying, quote, we just want to be safe. Even better, the engineers tied the strings of the tampons together so they wouldn't float away. So if you ever need a laugh, just imagine NASA male engineers tying tampons in knots. First Lady Martha Jefferson technically never made it to the White House. She died nearly 20 years before her husband would become president. However, she is still regarded by many as a First Lady. By the age of 19, Martha was already a widow. Just a few years later, her son would die. However, her life was about to change. That same year, she began courting her third cousin, Thomas Jefferson. In 1972, the couple married. The pair would have six kids together. Only one child would make it past the age of 25. Martha died only after 10 years of marriage to Thomas Jefferson. She made him promise not to remarry after her death, as she didn't want anyone else raising her children. Thomas Jefferson was a mess and went into hiding for a year after her death. Later in his memoir, he would reminisce about his wife, saying, quote, I lost the cherished companion of my life and whose affections unabated on both sides. I had lived the last 10 years of my life in uncheckered happiness. With no wife, Thomas Jefferson was a bachelor president. He asked the wife of his friend James Madison to fill in as White House hostess. For both of his terms, Dolly Madison was the unofficial first lady. Jefferson kept his promise and never remarried. However, DNA evidence shows that he had at least one illegitimate child with his half-sister-in-law and slave, Sally Hemings. Now that you know where we've been, find out where we're going. Tune in to Ladies Love Politics, where you can stay informed without going insane.